0: Welcome, everybody, to Good Money, New Polities podcast on how to grow poor in, what do you say? in Rich and friends. Rich and friends and poor and pocket. Oh. in Pocket. Poor and pocket.
1: Poor in pocket. Let's do it. That. All right. Yeah, we're here to tell you to get off Robin Hood and start being more like Robin Hood, who <laughs> took from the rich and gave to the poor, not because he was a thief, but because he was a pretty good follower of Catholic social teaching. Yep. Wherein it says that all of our superfluities Mm. belong to the poor by justice.
0: Not by charity.
1: Forget charity. No, no. (laughs) Forget charity. We're
0: throwing out the window, bro.
1: By justice, because God gave the world to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so if we end up with more than we need for faithfully performing our vocation, which is a limited affair, uh, it's the poor's. It's not ours. Yeah. So every second you spend not giving it away is just a time bomb ticking. and uh,
0: If you charge for time,
1: you're a simoniac. Well, maybe. (laughs) We want to talk (laughs) about simony today. Uh, We want to talk about simony today because, as we've mentioned many times, and we will mention again just so it drills in your head, the solution to our economic ills is virtuous people, not well-designed systems. In fact, only virtuous people can design systems well because only... The virtuous and the holy are in touch with reality such as to know what to do and how to do it. So, this being said, there's all sorts of things not to do within this particular tradition of thought. One of them is trying to sell the grace of God. Who would do that? Yeah, Simon would.
0: Stop doing that, bro. Come on.
1: If your name is Simon, we apologize. You are the object of our critique today. Don't be like
0: Simon. Change your name to Peter.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's been done before.
0: It worked well for the last guy.
1: We're gonna read Acts eight twenty just to give us some biblical grounding because if you ain't biblically grounded, you just biblically floundering.
0: Oh, Kanye over here. i You know, I was trying to Kanye. think of
1: one. I was, <laughs> I was trying to think of one for our tithing episode, okay. and all I could come up with is if you ain't tithing, you're writhing. Yeah, but that seemed a little Dante-esque, like
0: oh writhing yeah. in Here's hell or some kind of so, yeah yeah, yeah. there's see. like peace in a community that you're a part of but there's only anxiety to the point of
1: <laughs> right of writhing
0: yeah that was that was me writhing that was yeah for everyone on the podcast,
1: podcast. Yeah. does
0: this thing work by the way
1: that lighter? yeah i don't know i mean it's very it's very ancient
0: yeah i feel like it doesn't work that's too
1: bad you know it does work the word of god we're gonna read it right now acts eight Verse twenty. Well, we can back up a little bit. Uh, basically, Simon is a magician. He is practicing his magic in the city, Samaria, and well, nation Samaria, and the Christians come along um,
0: and are totally showing up his rabbit out of that hat trick.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're preaching mm-hmm. the good news. They're baptizing. And Simon himself, he's sort of a tragic figure, honestly. He, he believes he sees the power mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit, but because he has not converted, he has not been listening to new polity, he thinks that mm-hmm. he thinks that he can buy this power. And that's exactly what he asks from uh, the disciples, uh, the apostles, Sorry, Peter and John, um, and It says, "When the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they were ready." They sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the holy spirit for the holy for the spirit had not yet fallen on any of them but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus sacrament of confirmation important here then they laid their hands on them and they received the holy spirit now when Simon saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles hands he offered them money saying give me also this power that any one on whom i lay my hands may receive the holy spirit but And this freaks Simon out, and he says, "Yeah, pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me." There's a lot of apocryphal literature of Simon and Peter having like aerial battles later on. Uh, oh, really? Like they yeah, really their clouds and like literally, Simon is like flying to show Nintendo like the power of magic, like, sort of. Battles, is there a Nintendo three hundred and sixty? I think I'm you just making
0: things up. <laughs> What is it? There's why
1: do you turn to video game metaphors when you know you know you won't I, don't,
0: I, no I think it's the X, I mean. it's the
1: Xbox 360. I know this. Oh,
0: that's what it is. Anyway, so,
1: you know, Simon's <laughs> flying by and Peter basically like snipes him out of the air and he falls and he, it's like bones get crushed. This is within the Gnostic the Gnostic sort of literature. So why
0: would they care about bones being crushed?
1: That's a good point. Mm. The flesh is of no avail.
0: It is so contradictory they were Gnostic.
1: So Simon tries to buy the power of the Holy Spirit and from this we derive the term Simony, um, which if we could state most broadly, it's trying to put a price on spiritual things. Mm-hmm. So it's the erroneous presumption that one can buy and sell what is spiritual for prices that are temporal. And it's just wrong. It's wrong by it's
0: like a it's unnatural. In Why is it unnatural? Well, I mean What these, does purchasing signify? Ownership. Yep. Nice. Cool.
1: Yeah. And so the thing about these supernatural things such as the presence of the Holy Spirit and the conscience of the believer, mm-hmm. um, is these are gifts. Yeah, These are freely bestowed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they cannot be cold and they cannot be kept. Um, all we can say of our own priests is that they dispense the free gifts of God. Uh, and this is part of the, the beauty of the Catholic Church. I mean, sometimes maybe you've heard of this, that... Maybe not. Uh, the Catholic Church can, can say where the Spirit is, but it cannot say where, it is not. where the Spirit is not. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this phenomenal uh, point, is that when the, God created the Church, the Society of the Redeemed, He gave them ex- an explicit institutional means for the dispensation of His love, mm-hmm. His grace into the world. If you mm-hmm. touch people in this way, they will be healed. If you bless water in this way, it will be efficacious against the infestation of demons, et cetera, et cetera. All wonderful, all contingent on on what human history had to offer the Lord. Mm -hmm. We came with our human history. We said, we think this about water. We do this with laying on of hands. We think this about kings. We think this about sacrifice. And God says, I will take all of this and in my mercy through the redemption of Jesus Christ, make it all efficacious. It's all now actually the work of it can be the work of christ the body of christ on earth through the ministration of the priests okay broad theology there the point is what is the point ah yes (laughs) (laughs) uh the the point is that there is a um a way that christ is present in the earth on the earth right and it's through his people Mm -hmm. especially through the priests Mm -hmm. and the religious but not as owners of those mysteries but as dispensers of those mysteries right so they are just passing it on, paying it forward. Uh, and so that's why we say we don't know where the Spirit is not, because we do know that the laying on of hands by one who was ultimately had Christ's hands laid on him mm-hmm. is efficacious unto holy orders, for instance. Um, we know this to be true, but we don't say we know what the Spirit is doing in the conscience of nonbelievers, for instance. Or we mm-hmm. don't say we know... Um, what graces are being given to people outside of the ordinary means we have of dispensing grace. Yeah. So that's the kind of, uh, world as it were in which simony makes its erroneous claims, which is that one can purchase the power of the, of dispensing these gifts as if one owned them, Yeah, because that's what purchase does.
0: So then there comes to be the question of like, what is ownership? Like in terms of because that's the kind of litmus test you have to ask around it's like what am i been buying and selling in terms of like what am i taking possession of what am yeah. i you know owning yeah. um through these exchanges and am i being a simoniac in various parts of my life it's <laughs> an examination of conscience <laughs> well yeah and let's take the
1: obvious examples first because i think that uh I, i've at least been thinking of simony as being a very a broader category than we tend to recognize, but let's let's focus on it in a, in a narrow way so people have a have an understanding. So, what this biblical principle uh, ends up um, becoming is condemnation, especially on anyone who would put a price on the sacraments, yeah. anyone who would price put a price on the sacramentals of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that would put a price on prayer or anything that confers grace, that dispenses grace—yeah,
0: a big problem in the Middle Ages was sees. Like if a bishop w- was buying his um, mm. his bishopric, his yeah, see, so totally was so a huge one as well.
1: And I think, uh, yeah, and, and it should be pointed out that simony, which we don't talk about now, um although I think we should, hey, was we're starting. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to see some sermons. Um, <laughs> it was considered one of the most abominable crimes. medieval church and it was it was talked about all the time and you mentioned this to me that you have to be careful when you see the church critiquing something all the time um it's because it's precisely in danger of losing something else what i mean to say is in a society of just rote simony (laughs) one would not expect condemnation of simony Mm -hmm. um Which is sort of where I think we are today. Right. But in the Middle Ages, you had something that was very capable of being turned to Mm simony, Right? Because you could, well, seemingly buy spiritual goods. Not actually true. You can never buy spiritual goods. But you were were telling me a little bit about this. About the... uh...
0: Well, one of the things that is just very interesting is that you find a lot of people when they're dying giving their excess cash to monasteries to pray for their souls, mm-hmm. right? Or, or not even when they're dying, actually, just when they're living, just giving a lot of money to monasteries so as to pray for their souls and the souls of their families, pray for the souls of, of those that they love. And you say, well, hey, how is that not simony? Because aren't they like buying prayers yeah. at that point? And, and there's a really good nuanced answer that the church had at the time and saying no that's actually not the case at all with what's going on is that they are providing the means for which monks to be able to live the monkish lifestyle that they are right it's they were propping up the monasteries and as good friends have it you know you re, you ought you outdo one another in gifts and they say hey you know i'm going to give you all this money please pray for my family yeah you're not buying the prayers, the prayers, the grace of those prayers are not yours all of a sudden. Right. You're dispensing your gifts in the hope that they might dispense some of theirs right. for you. And one of the ways you can just
1: see this very obviously in the monasteries is that to give uh, money to a monastery mm-hmm. doesn't, it, the the money itself is not consumed in the praying, right? It, it's, it, it is yeah. used Great. for Great. the upkeep of the monastery. It's used for the food for the monks. It's quite literally... Used to fulfill that precept of the church we have, which is to make, uh, to to provide for the material needs of the church. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but precisely because people were doing this, mm-hmm. you had a great fear of simony.
0: Yeah. I think whenever you have a system that is heavily reliant on virtues and vices, and well, s- virtues, we'd hope. <laughs> oh, sorry, totally reliant on the virtues being kept yeah. and, and not just on another, you know, bureaucratic. Uh, you know, juridical um, declaration or whatever, um, that it's really easy to be abused and turn to a system full of vices. Right. That's a lot of people say, well, we should just get rid of, you know communal orders that are based upon virtues because they're so right, easily right interrupted.
1: right what um, if yeah what if what, what if someone becomes greedy and then it just ruins your whole magical uh, sh- hobbit shire system there you know yeah exactly <laughs> and to which our answer is yeah it <laughs> does ruin it which is precisely why we should have it mm-hmm. i mean one of the one of the convictions of of at least the new polity folks um around here is that, that are in this room for instance that, yeah, yeah uh is that we should build the kind of society which vice would destroy. Yeah. Why are we trying to live in a kind of society in which vice has no effect? Because yeah. that's simply another way of trying to become a vicious society. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but you can't you're... tell
0: the difference and you're already in one. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So simony, the, the attempt to sell uh, what cannot be sold, mm-hmm. to put a price on the spiritual world, spiritual things, things of God. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an eminent temptation for people who were exchanging as gifts yeah. the things of
0: God, right? And so, you can obviously, I mean, a lot of people probably hearing that description of those relationships between the wealthy and the monasteries, can of thinking, I? Like, this is this already makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, or isn't this already simony? Let's you get know? a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I want to read it from the
1: life, uh, the life of Charlemagne, not the, the better life of Charlemagne by Norton the Stammerer, but that's why you wrote. Actually, yeah, they said that about him and he's a, he's actually blessed, so watch yourself. Don't okay, get smited. Sorry, smote? Gonna, don't get smoked. I'm gonna get don't get smoked by Norton. Uh sorry. I, I <laughs> make the yeah, I should not make jokes
0: about this. I'm not gonna sit as close to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh no, this
1: is by uh A-Agenhart? Am I saying that right? Um Agenhart. yeah. Um guy in, in Charlemagne's court. So Charlemagne, Holy Emperor yeah great guy couldn't read really great
0: that's why he put it in his name (laughs) he's like i'm so charles the great uh yes
1: yes uh so charlie here was he's just one of the best people to read about history because he's um i mean to say he's a davidic character i don't just mean because he's sort of enacting the old law within the new um in that kind of dynamic way we sometimes talk about i mean he also just seems like david like he's doing bad things he's doing good things he's asking for forgiveness when he does bad things he's getting back on the horse a lot of great just character tropes like he really really cared about liturgy Mm -hmm. if someone messed up like the order if one of his monks had messed it up he knew it and he would like rail at them over dinner and he also couldn't read but tried all the time to learn to read and just couldn't do it, but he had a phenomenal memory. Um, so anyways, he's, he is a great guy. This is a story. It's a little lengthy, but I think it's worth it because it, and this is actually sort of really early, early Middle Ages, right? Can you be early? Yeah. He, yeah.
0: Doesn't he die in 888 or something like something that? Something like that.
1: Yeah. So this is, um, uh, sometimes still gets lumped in at the Dark Ages. Um, and I want to read, a uh, part of his life in which this kind of presumption of prayer and money is made in a way that i think we would we would simply not have today cool okay. i'm
0: gonna sit back relax listen to
1: enjoy you. the ride boys charles used to pick out all the best writers and readers from among the poor boys that agenhard has spoken of and transferred them to his chapel for that was the name that the kings of the kings of the frank gave king of the franks gave to their private oratory blah blah blah. Now one day it was announced to this most wary King Charles that a certain bishop was dead, and when the king asked whether the dead bishop had made any bequests for the good of his soul, the messenger replied, "Sire, he has bequeathed no more than two pounds of silver." <laughs> Thereupon, one of Charlie's chaplains <laughs> nice. one of his chaplains, sighing, and no longer able to keep the thoughts of his mind within his breast, spake in the hearing of the king these words. That is a small provision for a long, a never-ending journey. Then Charles, the mildest of men, deliberated a space and said to the young man, Do you think then, if you were to get the bishopric, is that how you say that? If you were to become bishop, you would care to make more provision for that same long journey? These cautious words fell upon the chaplain as ripe grapes into the mouth of one who stands mm. agape for them, and he threw himself at the feet of Charles and said, "Sire, the matter rests upon the will of God and your own power." Um. Okay, it goes on. Th- then there's a whole story where the, the a queen is trying to convince Charles not to make this guy bishop, but he stands for him in the end, and, and the whole thing ends with. Uh, The young man who hears um, the petitions of this queen from behind the curtain close to the king's chair where he had been been placed embraced the king through the curtain (laughs) and cried, Sir King, stand fast and do not let anyone take from you the power that has been given you by God. Okay. What's the point? The point is that the emperor of Christendom put such importance in the putting aside of temporal money for the sake of one's soul, that he actually sees it as a sign marking one out for leadership within the church. Now, obviously, there's things going on in the Middle Ages that are confusing to us about why kings are picking bishops and blah, blah, blah. Um, But as I grow older in the world, I don't know. know, I I don't think the temporal and the spiritual are, are actually split. I think that in all times, laity have an effect on what bishops are chosen, and anyone behind the scenes knows that. But anyway, so the king's there, he's choosing yeah. a bishop. And he sees giving money for the sake of prayers from a monastery, for the sake of his soul, as being so valuable as to show the sign of an apostle. Um, we don't seem to have that. So for instance, we might say, okay, yeah, I guess if you want, you can give these uh, money to in exchange, in some way, for receiving prayers, but we would kind of look down on that. I think, uh,
0: yeah, yeah, no, ha- I think it wouldn't that's... have any
1: sign of of wisdom. No, I mean,
0: even in the cases, you know, we're, um... oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> trying to decide what, what to share or not but don't, there's been a number I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna share no names. You <laughs> always get in uh, trouble every time you say names yeah it was all about dave ramsey um no it wasn't uh there's yeah a number of times where gifts come into the church and it's just there wasn't anybody else to leave it to or we wanted to give a gift to the church but without anything in return yeah. and i think that is a little bit of the kind of modern enlightenment idea of altruism yeah, coming yeah, yeah. into play yeah. Where without realizing that everything that you do yeah. is a social act, totally, you know, and as a result, it is some way binding the community to to you or yeah. separating it yeah. from
1: you. Yeah, and people will and say some something way. like, "Well, yeah, but you can't you can't buy you can't buy a gift," and it's like, "Well, sure, strictly speaking, that's precisely what, what condemnation of simony condemns, right? Exactly. It's buying a gift." Yeah. However, you can obligate a gift. So, so this is the distinction. So Aquinas, when he's writing about Simon, he says it it is unlawful to have any kind of contract Mm -hmm. for prayer. Yeah, can't do that. It's unlawful also to have uh, to reject praying for someone if they don't. Yeah, right, because that makes it exchange. It's unlawful also to not uh, to to ask for money prior to beginning prayers. All of this is just reeks of Simon. Yeah, but for. Let's go through each one of
0: those, but finish the sentence. Okay. Well, I just want to through, say that yeah.
1: you you can you can put an obligation on people through your gift. I yeah. mean, when I have a friend over for dinner,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, and I do my best to make a nice dinner to make his time very pleasant. It is I'm
0: you're very good at that.
1: I you know I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I did a awesome salad with with um Swiss chard and corn and uh, tomatoes and green beans that were all from the garden. Oh. It's this brief period. So like, you know, I shoot for uh, some kind of self-sustainability with my garden. What I actually get is self-sustainability for like August into (laughs) September. And then it's back to the man, but, but one day, okay. So if I do this for you now, I have actually de facto obligated gift in return Mm -hmm. because I've said that you're my friend. And friendship is known, is enacted, is realized, is lived in and through mutual gifts, right? right? And if you were to say, having sat at that dinner, like, well, I'm not going to do anything for Mark because I would hardly want his gift to seem pecuniary, to seem mercantile. Right? I want his gift to be pure having no obligations attached to it I will never do anything for him
0: I can't have any debtors <laughs> ethic I mean I think that's what people call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you yeah know it's like a debtors ethic and oh you're not doing it for the right reasons
1: or yeah like and, and we do this thing sometimes when someone does something for us mm-hmm. where we say oh I owe you okay and, and the problem is that it's an ambiguous term that could mean something really good or something really bad on the one hand if you're saying I owe you and you actually mean it as an exchange like mm-hmm. I I am in a, an exchangeable debt to you mm-hmm. Right. Such that I could even sell that debt to someone else. I could be like, hey, Jacob made me dinner. Can't really pay the debt. So uh, could you could you cover it? Right. Yeah. And then as if that was communicable. Yeah. Right. That, right. that, you know, which is ridiculous. I mean, know it's ridiculous. OK, so what actually is happening when people usually say that is that people are really good and people long to live within gift economies and not exchange economies. That's mm-hmm. who people are. And so when when we say that, we're saying, oh, I feel the obligation and rejoice in it. You don't leave saying, oh, I totally owe you one with like a pain in your heart. Like, ah, oh, now I have to do something. You're like, you're overwhelmed by gift and and that once that, yeah, it, it makes a debt of love in you. Yeah. So in a similar sense, um, I think that giving to the church de facto obligates um, the church hierarchy, the religious, whoever we yeah. give to, um, to re- to make gifts in return. And the tradition is pretty clear on this. You can can specify those gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, but you have to be really careful. Now, in a society of the Middle Ages where everyone's doing this, it's the kind of presumption, it's the air they breathe. There's a lot of specification of the mutual gifts that are Mm -hmm. being given. And so that's why there's all these careful laws in place articulated by Aquinas, but, you know, throughout the magisterial tradition, like avoiding the appearance of simony. Right? Like trying to make sure that um yeah, don't don't only start praying when the guy gives the gift because then people will be scandalized. They'll think mm-hmm. that it was dependent upon it yeah. and not and not obligated in love as you guys were passing gifts. gifts back, back and, and forth. forth. Yeah. Yeah,
0: totally. Anyway, is that that's does that does that is that helpful? Yeah, I think okay, that's cool. helpful. I think contracts is another good one because, you know, a Levy, uh, who is I think he actually took Peter of John O'Leary. He who's also a 13th century friar. I think he took classes from St. Thomas Aquinas at the University of Paris. He definitely did from Bonaventure. But I think he he was known as always carrying around a copy of the Summa, which is wow. really interesting. People didn't really do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but also just like was uncommon. Like the Summa didn't really become a yeah. popular book wow. for a few hundred years later. But um, he talks about the nature of contracts as being something that limits relationship. Oh, yeah. You know, this is some sort of agreement that we have laid out where we pretty much agree not to become full friends. Mm, You know, we're just going to have this kind of overlap Mm. in our exchange and no more. Mm -hmm. There's not going to be that competition of gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And so for St. Thomas, a Simoniac is somebody that contractualizes. A relationship. Yeah,
1: totally. Limits the friendship. Totally. Yeah. Totally.
0: So that's another
1: side of it. And it strikes me now that we're all, you know, we we have this silly narrative about uh, the reformation that basically the middle ages were just a bunch of people selling feathers that were supposed to save you. And then the reformation came along and said, stop selling feathers as if that's not what the church was doing. Like Yeah. <laughs> um and part of the reason that this narrative feels so good to modern people is I, and I think I'm just lay my cards on the table here that we don't believe Christianity is true. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're saying these words that fit within the narrative, like, well, you can't buy grace. You can't buy salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, why, why would I buy prayers when I could, you know, use my money to do some good here, etc. It's like, where there's actual belief in the efficacious power of prayer then it is insane not to use your money right to give gifts inspiring uh the obligation of prayer from monasteries It'd be insane it's like people ask like why Why would you use your money for prayers it's like what else are you going to use it for You're like uh you know what i mean like what could you say that would be would measure uh, up to prayer and so when you have a society that doesn't actually believe that prayer does anything or works,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just sort of this gloss on a basic material life devoid of God,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then you get these kind, this kind of Christianity that is morally affronted by the use of any temporal things for spiritual goods, right? So why devote you? Like, this is It's for the exact same reason why we can't really understand why someone would become a nun today. Mm-hmm. It's like we, we we make up these, uh, so Maria Brando, I have to give her credit for this because she's working on a really good article but she she writes about this like we make up these reasons for nuns to exist uh so (laughs) we're like oh yeah you're a nun so you're like Serving the poor. So you're basically like a right. social worker hired by the church. You just have some weird things where like you can't have a husband. Yeah. Right? Uh, so we like create, Makes you more productive. More yeah, efficient. yeah. 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 Or, or like you have some kind of like uh, self-interested desire to do service ministry in foreign lands. And so this is how you, how you get that desire yeah. fulfilled
0: or whatever. Yeah. Easy visas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but why can't we understand why do we have to make up things that aren't true about nuns, which is that they are solely devoted to God. Married to God, like they reject the world and just live for God, they are useless Mm -hmm. to the world. They're they they do not exist to even pray. This is what Maria says, they don't even exist to pray for the world as if you could functionalize them in that way.
0: Nice, right? Like they
1: do, yeah, but that's not what they're for, that's not who they are, Mm -hmm. and and we can't understand them. We think, and so we have to create these functional, uh, sort of reasons for their existence. But that just, again, it's the same thing. We don't actually believe that Christianity is true. If you believed it's true, then you would say everyone who can possibly do it should be a nun because the whole point of existence is the contemplation of God. Mm-mm. And these are people who are doing it, <laughs> right? And in the same way, if if the whole point of life really is to get to heaven and prayers really do socially and efficaciously get us to heaven, yeah. then we would spend our money to make more prayer happen. Yeah, We would do it. We don't believe it. We don't believe in God. We don't believe in prayer. We don't believe in heaven. That's all just like uh, a social identity at this point, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's right. And it's, so it's, now
1: we're anti-Simoniac <laughs> because we we can afford to, you know, mm. because it doesn't cost us anything. Whereas within the Middle Ages, it was like, okay, given that we are going to do everything in our temporal power yeah. to make prayer happen, given that we are going to devote our sons and daughters to monasteries, right? Yep. um then uh then we need to be really scared of simony
0: that's a great point you know looking at all these pagan societies that go before you mm. come before christ it's really interesting to you know, i've read a, you know a lot of these things in my studies of money because money is just a part of their entire temple system right yeah, i mean right. Like temples were the ones that they were this this central authority that minted coins, that distributed them, that called for the taxes. Like it is a monetary system, and the religious component of it was kind of the authority that gave credence to the temporal powers that they were wielding.
1: Fiat, baby.
0: Yeah, <laughs> literally fiat. And you find guys like um, you know Clement of of rome you know the what's the fourth he Pope over, or i'm sorry is he over there yeah yeah, yeah the episode, he's right there what's are, up you, you see yeah we're saving the seat for you mm, uh, very holy <laughs> um he says things like uh, god does not award gifts for us right away so that people do not think that we are in exchange relationship oh my with him gosh, you know he really says that yeah yeah and actually using the exact same words that plato does to describe the system he's saying he's always undoing plato in, in certain ways Anyways, so so i don't know so, no, no, i think you yeah. slow down so okay. you're
1: saying that plato has a notion of exchange between man and god yeah that's what he, he uh,
0: actually calls sacrifice business with the gods Gotcha. you know at one point so um in that um the um like the word of that he uses for like the business transactions is the very words that saint clement uses to say that's actually wrong <laughs> yeah um and so it was a problem you know at the time and why they made such a big deal of it is saying you don't understand this spiritual life is something that is not r- run and functioned by the temple orders that our pagan societies have inverted you know yeah um it's not that the emperor can be prayed to or beseeched in the same way, like who is considered a God um, in the same way that the true God can, you know, there's not that material functionality going on. Totally. So that transforms into a, still a similar problem in the middle ages when there is this kind of gift economy in the spiritual life that's undergoing, you're paying in a sense, you're paying a monastery to pray for you. So it looks like, and so they have to constantly warn against doing that. Sure but of course you get the Johannes Tetzel guy you know you know developing later on Martin Luther getting all you know uh-huh. and bothered by him rightfully so yeah. you know
1: precisely as a catholic luther was mad
0: yeah that's right yeah. but we've gone we've swung so far the other way where christianity has obliterated the strong gods of the past yeah we don't run by that same pagan system of the right. past and so we just don't have an explicit worship of of money in the same way as mm-hmm. we did then and understanding its role within the larger temporal order which includes an authority that that does wield the power yeah. of everything yeah. so yeah i think that's a great point it's really interesting
1: <sighs> yeah it's really it's very beautiful reading um aquinas in secunda secunde question 100 uh his his articles on simony um because they they on the surface are just trying to articulate the law. So this is what you can do. This is what you can't do. But when you read it, he's really articulating like the dance of a society that wants to operate on the basis of gift. So what I mean is this: it's it's on the one hand, Simony seems to just cover a very small number of uh, of. Um, acts so simony is concerned with things like sacraments and sacramentals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and preaching like the various things that you can't buy and so in the case of these things aquinas is trying to show how the obligation is always to materially support the dispenser mm-hmm. so that he is enabled to dispense the free gift of god so there is actually balancing these two things it's and it's not simply that this is the problem that moderns have is that we look at a condemnation of simony and then an uh, the advocacy of some kind of, um, material provision instead of p- paying directly for a prayer mm-hmm. as like a workaround, you know, it's like, well, I, what I really want to do is buy preaching. I really want to buy prayer. I really want to buy an indulgence. I really want to buy whatever. Yeah. Uh, but there's this like loophole that I have to do. So I'm going to actually give the money, you know, and say it's a donation to the monastery. But mm-hmm. now Aquinas condemns this r- right away. Cause he says, you're still simoniac because <laughs> the intention matters. Right? So if you intend uh, to simply um, buy the prayer and then you're treating the donation, the gift, as not a gift, but mm-hmm. as an exchange such that you would be irate to hear that, say, the prayers hadn't started yet or something that gave evidence that you had a contractual view of it, you're a simoniac. So you're condemned. Uh, you don't get, says Aquinas, the um, prayers. You don't get the merits. Eat it. Yeah you lose all the efficacy that the thing would have Prec- precisely because you're not in the m- mode of receiving a gratuity from God, right, yeah. you know, and, and God can't, God does not work with hard hearts like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he softens them. So, so anyway, so th- it seems to cover this, this small realm. but then the more I thought about it, it's like, no, like there are a lot of holy things. Yeah. <laughs> um, people are holy. Like mm-hmm. people are a gratuitous gifts from God. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this because uh, my wife and I had two people recently and I'm just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> How did this happen? Uh, and it's just very obvious that we in having children are dispensers of an ex nihilo gratuitous gift of God, right? That we can to say that we own our children in some strong, like Roman patriarchal sense would be simony. It'd be like, Oh yeah, I, I own the holy thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> Which yeah. you don't, yeah, yeah. Um, you dispense the holy thing, right? You protect and care for it. But, but people are gifts, right? And that I think comes with a. a and I, I'm going off off the text here, but it, or, or I'm, I'm departing from the text of Aquinas. But I'm, but I do think that there's a way in which what Aquinas says teaches us about how we should treat the world more generally. So it isn't simply limited to like, the sacraments, as if you could just talk about the sacraments and not the whole world at the same time, right? What am I saying? I'm saying that multi level level marketing schemes are simony. No,
0: I think that was already clear when you said, said that prior. <laughs> yeah, when you're describing it. Yeah. <laughs> because they contractualize friendships. They, they yeah, prey yeah, upon friendships. yeah, yeah. And 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 again, you want to describe how that works?
1: Yeah, yeah so there. it's something that it's not okay. It's not it's not innate to the multi level marketing scheme as such, but it's uh, pretty much uh, common to it. Mm-hmm. Um, where this is what women go through jacob <laughs> women go through the worst you them out. yeah yeah well i realized why women are um frustrated in, in the modern age i thought it was because of like income inequality i was looking at i was looking at some of those things uh no it's because their friends are trying to sell them like like uh foot lotion um woven baskets and baskets like all the time women as a as a species are just like those creatures inundated (laughs) with these messages on their various social media accounts that say things like hey i haven't seen you in like three years remember college college was so awesome anyways my life was changed by my new hair care routine and you can be a part of that for just 65 dollars a month i love you simony okay wrote and horrid and simony. Maybe it's material simony. I mean, they don't know what's holy when they do this, and I'm sure they have their own justifications. But the reason I think this is more than just like a annoyance, it approaches blasphemy, uh, ir- irreligion, which is what simony for Aquinas is a sin of, mm. is that there is something holy about every friendship. And, and more to the point, there's something gratuitous, right? Like it is um, something that cannot be bought or sold, right? Mm. And what the MLM scheme does is it habituates its members to look upon their relationships as assets um, for the production yeah. of of profit, of wealth. Yeah. Um, because it understands – well, whatever. Because it's a Ponzi scheme. But the – and so the way they work is that you end up looking – and, of course, social media then adds to this universal uh, simony machine by – Making our friendships very extrinsic and taking away all of those qualities that would make them obviously uh, sacred, like not sacred, wrong word, holy, uh, important, Mm -hmm. uh, full of gratuity, ultimately from gratuity. Uh, It makes them extrinsic. They're all there online. We can kind of click through our, our 400 friends, blah, blah, blah. And then we can utilize what the gifts that have been given and essentially call them in as debts so the memories that you have become a means for selling things the oh, nice. times yeah. you had the events that you shared together the things you have yeah, yeah. in common your common loves they become um means of selling stuff and it it really is horrid i mean i'm not i realize i'm on a on a on a horse here it's high high horse, horse. <laughs> <laughs> but but it really is horrid like like i've seen these conversations where it's only like six sort of uh, gifts of communion back and forth of of memory, etc. That on the seventh, the suggestion of a of a sale or a monthly payment is made. Um, and of course, we're supposed to all buy that this is just like further liberation of women into the freedom of being their own business owners or whatever. Like yeah, that's that's the that's the dream. Um, it's just capitalism going all the way down to the soul. And as the devil first tempted Eve before Adam, so capitalism has first fully MLM'd women <laughs> and before before it's coming for us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't MLM me, bro. Which yeah. no, I shouldn't say. I yeah. shouldn't say that because guys guys do this as well, and I think guys actually do it more naturally, which is why it seems less. It seems more perverse in ter- terms of women who are such social relational creatures that mm. it seems like really, like bursting through the doors of the like temple of femininity and just yeah. like you know selling everything in it. Whereas with guys, I think we have this tendency to just from the beginning see friendships as means to ends within like an individual project of advancement.
0: Yeah, I think especially,
1: especially within capitalism. I don't mean to make it like, a, like it's the nature of the sexist thing. I think it's like there's a certain training and habituating of success being something that is judged not by the strength and quality of your friendships, but by your money. Mm-hmm. Which subordinates them, and then means that the friendships are only real and good and worth pursuing, insofar as they're useful, yeah, right no, I so, so, myself do this. Yeah, 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 no totally. I think yeah. I think anyone who is uh anyone is tempted to be a sim- simoniac of holy of holy friendship um within within a capitalist society because simply because our ends are are per- like we' are habituated to have the wrong end in mind,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, which is money, not, not, not friendship, and certainly not God. So I think we live in a society in which we're, we're actually like uh rotely and, and habitually practicing simony all the time. It's just. Yeah.
0: So I just a couple of things on here. So obviously like when St. Thomas is talking yeah. about like, this three types of friendship that Aristotle lays out of like the virtuous friendship, the utilitarian yeah. friendship and then the friendship of pleasure. He says that the latter two, the like the friendship of utility and the friendship of, of pleasure are not actually types of friendships they're only gotcha. analogues does that
1: change from aristotle or is that just is, is that all is that also true in aristotle you it's know? true in aristotle okay gotcha. yeah yeah
0: cool um i do think saint thomas makes it clearer with the help of the tradition but no he says that it's, it's just an analog of true friendship and true friendship is is the friendship where there is total giving and receiving where it is uh lasting and has strong duration to it because you're just you're united to one another yeah so there's a longevity to it yeah yeah, yeah. and that, that some of the telltale signs of when you've moved from having a genuine friendship of virtue to an analogous type of relationship that's based on utility is when obviously money gets mm-hmm. involved yeah um but money is you know just one of the, like that's a that's a very obvious sign of something going wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be, even without it, some sort of exchange happening. Well, oh, yeah. You know,
1: Aquinas says it's very yeah. fascinating. This, and this ends up in, in church law um, that simony, you're not just guilty of simony when you buy and sell um, spiritual things for money, mm. but for anything temporal. And he includes yes. in this, um, what does he call it? Oral recommendation, which is basically like praise. Mm. Undo homage mm. anything and, and he actually makes a very modern sounding point because he says like okay so what about what about if you buy prayers so not but not for money um, you just have the, the monks um, sort of give you a good reputation yeah right he says this is simony and the reason is he says anything temporal can be expressed in terms of money he says, that's got a value, baby, <laughs> which is like what Aquinas, the Austrian here. All of a sudden he's like, uh, I can translate that in terms of some, of some cash, but he does. He says like, yeah, if it's temporal, then you can it, like, buy custom exchange that for money. How much is it worth to you? He basically yeah. says, oh so it's not just money. It's, it's anything, um, anything that can be anything temporal, but anything that can be, uh, exchanged in terms of money. Okay. So help yeah. me out
0: here. So, so simony is a sin. Bad one, M- meaning that it's a it's a vice. Is it a disposition of soul? You do it enough times, like yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, so, the, the the vice is irreligion. So simony is okay. a sin, and, and so it's a
0: particular manifestation of the vice, vice of, of irreligion, irreligion,
1: whereby you are willing, like where you can will use holy things for temporal ends, thus turning the entire order of nature on its head.
0: Nice, okay, and then the opposing virtue then is religion. It would be, yeah piety okay. yeah. piety yeah mm-hmm. yeah the virtue of religion yeah yeah, yeah. Is kind of Saint totally. probably thing, right yeah, yeah
1: i don't know exactly where he would point it because he doesn't speak about simony in particular as as a as a vice um but as a sin um but yeah,
0: because he has these categories just clarify a few things here so virtues and vices speak about dispositions of yeah. soul yeah. but there are certain actions that arise from certain dispositions of soul right. so like almsgiving for instance is a or beneficence, both they're properly speaking not virtues, but they are externalizations of a particular virtue, which is for Saint Thomas charity, right? And so, but you get in the habit of doing those external things enough, your virtue is disposed towards. Yeah, and, and you, so, you can so, analogously
1: yeah, call them habits. And I think he might—we're going to get ripped by the Thomas here, but <laughs> you can analogously call them habits. Insofar as yeah. all you mean is like your heart leaps to do them, yeah. to do the acts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So no, so, so yeah, so it's irreligion is the, is the vice, which is a disposition to use religion, um, to have no reverence, irreverence. Mm. And you think about reverence, I I love thinking about it because it has a sense of care to not disturb something that is precious. Right. So what do you think about, what do we do when we're reverent? Like we do funny things sometimes, like we fold our hands and we like bow our heads. Mm Mm-hmm. And you think about this phenomenologically, like what is our body saying? It's mm. like, well, you're actually kind of holding yourself in check you're you're quieting your voice, you're trying not to disturb something that is going on without you, mm. right you become within the religious spirit very aware that you're a bull in a china shop, like you're a big oaf, and if you're not careful, you're gonna you're gonna lose it. you're gonna lose what's the gift that's been given. Oh, I love that I that think is... that's true, yeah, absolutely. Um, And so, and so it's, it's very humbling, but it's also like, you can see that in, in contradistinction with simony, right? Where the, the sense of when Aquinas is writing about all the things that you have to do to avoid even the appearance of simony, you get the, you get the reverence of Aquinas before the holy things. It's like, you need to tiptoe around this. You need to make sure that this is not put in contract. You need to make sure that no one sees it as if you are expecting prayers here, you know? You need to even, even he says, um, if you ever accept money for burying someone, you need to make it apparent to the whole community that the burial does that that are accepting of that money does not preclude that when someone dies without money that you'll bury them, because it is an obligation to bury the dead. You see wow. what I'm saying? You can't buy what is you're ob- already obligated to do. Dude, that's like the one thing that's lasted into our modern age. I think. What's that? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs>
0: burying somebody so freaking expensive no that's insane yeah
1: so so there's 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 reverence um which simony is precisely the opposite it's very brutish like Mm -hmm. take the thing and um, and just use it for other ends it's violent Mm -hmm. to to holy things um and that's why i think we live in a sort of broadly speaking simoniac world Mm -hmm. but we've kind of made a uh purely historical category for this sin it's really unfortunate when we do this same thing with usury Mm -hmm. it's like well it's this thing that happened then because people really condemned it then essentially what we're saying not realizing that if we do it a whole bunch one of the logical results of that is that no one condemns it it's just another way of describing doing it a bunch is that no one's condemning it um yeah and so i think simony and usury both have been afflicted by that same fate but i think lots of things are simony yeah Yeah.
0: well and and a lot of people say that Actually, usury does include simony because you're buying the time of another human being. Wow. Yeah. So that was a one of the kind of later medieval critiques yeah. of usury. Yeah.
1: Here's one that I thought was really fascinating in Aquinas. So the question is, what about science, which by which he means knowledge? Because he says that well, that's an intellectual and therefore spiritual power. Can't right. you buy someone's knowledge? Yeah. From them, isn't that like a, yeah, a, a yeah, yeah. teacher? You can pay a teacher or something. And so my expectation as a modern is like, oh, he's going to say something like, well, that doesn't concern religious things. So if it's secular stuff, you can buy it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, If it's religious stuff, no, no. But he he doesn't even deny the premise. He says – he just says that, yeah, you can't be a simoniac with intellectual property either. So this is a reply. A person to whom a spiritual power is entrusted – wait, wait, wait. Make sure this is the right – yeah. This is response
0: three. Response
1: right. to objection three on uh, question, article three, question 100, secunda secunde. A person to whom a spiritual power is entrusted is bound by virtue of his office to exercise the power entrusted to him in dispensing spiritual things. Moreover, he receives a statutory payment from the funds of the church as a means of livelihood. So he's talking specifically about clerics. Therefore, if he were to accept anything f- for the exercise of a spiritual power, this would imply not a hiring of his labor which he's a, he is bound to give as a duty arising out of the office he has accepted, but a sale of the very use of a spiritual grace. For this reason, it is unlawful for him to receive anything for any dispensing whatever, or for allowing someone else to take his duty, or for correcting his subjects, or for omitting to correct them. All right, so basically that's that's Simon. Um, on the other hand, it is lawful for him to receive the English as procurations when he visits his subject not as a means, not as a price for correcting them, but as a means of livelihood. So again, he can receive in order to continue in being the dispenser that he is. Mm -hmm. He that is possessed of science knowledge without having taken upon himself the obligation of using it for the benefit of others, okay? So if he simply has, say, some expert knowledge or something, can lawfully receive a price for his learning or advice since, this is important, this is not a sale of truth or of science, but a hiring of labor. Nice. So I want to pause here because Aquinas is not saying, well, there's a kind of knowledge that you can sell. He's saying, no, no, no. You can have knowledge and sell not the knowledge itself. That would be simony. Mm. But you can sell the labor that is involved in procuring it, getting it, and then in administering it, right? So a teacher can be paid, is, is, as I understand this. Or an engineer, maybe, or an architect, right? Like There is, um, but, but, but. Aquinas is making a distinction here. The architect does not sell. It would be a sin if he were to sell the truth of architecture. <laughs> <laughs> right? and you can't even imagine this happening. So it makes sense in spiritual
0: terms. It's really hard to imagine. But it's, but isn't that the point? Is that it, like Simon is attempting to sell something that's impossible to sell? Yeah, totally. Right? And, so, and yeah. actually, so
1: you're right. It makes yeah. it clearer, yeah. not more obscure. Yeah. Imagine, if you will, <laughs> an architect trying to sell not his time and his labor, but the truth of architectural principles themselves, which yeah. are obviously given to all because they're part of the creation. The phantasms in his mind. Totally. Can't do that. Can't sell that. That's God stuff.
0: Bro, get off me.
1: <laughs> if, on the other hand, so this one who knows, uh, I can say scientist, it just it has obvious problems as a current translation. But if, on the other hand, he'd be so bound by virtue of his office, right, to, to teach, to give his knowledge this would amount to a sale of the truth, right? So if he didn't give it unless he was paid, this would amount to a sale of the truth and consequently he would sin grievously. Uh, Then he goes back to the more specific point. For instance, those who in certain churches are appointed to instruct the clerics of that church and other poor persons and are uh, given a stipend for so doing, they are not allowed to receive anything in return, either for teaching or for celebrating any feasts. So he turns it back to an ecclesial, ecclesiastical matter but i think right in the middle there you realize that simony doesn't have this like limitation necessarily to simply the 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 sort of strict clerical matters of the church Mm. that yeah you can get you can get all simoniacal about truth itself
0: (laughs) yeah that's really helpful because you know in in a day and age where everything is for sale yeah then it is kind of the matter of listening to saint thomas and saying what what are all these things that i have in my life oh yeah you know put a price tag on even if or even just an exchange rate on yeah you know
1: oh I, and like, i think i think yeah. the paywalls behind like good academic work mm. is sometimes very guilty of Simon in this regard yeah. because there's an amount that one could conceivably charge for the labor mm-hmm. and maybe this will get us into what i think is a, is a very important clarification there's an amount you could charge for the labor, but I don't think it's forty eight ninety nine for a freaking article, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like that is like putting a definite price limitation on what's in the paper itself. And you see this all the time. Okay, what's the problem? Um, I'm not just going to go off on an intellectual property rant, I promise. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of simony when people – um. When they simply unjustifiably claim that something is really for the sake of the labor or for the maintenance of the, you know, material mm-hmm, provisions mm-hmm. without actually that being a justified claim. And this is really important because it's not just the case that you can just say like, um, okay, 50 bucks, I want to buy some prayers. Whoa, 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 sir. You may not buy these prayers. You must support the monastery. Uh, in their labors and then you take the 50 bucks and you say okay i support the monastery and the labors for the sake of prayers the point is the actual needs of the ministers of the dispensers of grace needs to be worked out like there should that should involve some thought some difference Mm -hmm. if all you're doing is saying for instance like a um yeah well what's the word uh, what do they call
0: the a demand uh required donation oh gosh yeah let's talk about that that happens all the time at the Vatican or like buying blessed objects saying, you know, we can't charge for it because it's, you know, blessed and therefore it would be simony if we sold this. But we do require a donation of $5,000. Know, the number of times I've seen this, it's unbelievable, but that's all that a price is, is a required donation, given that we do live in a world in which we kind of have to listen to some <laughs> arguments from season one of Good Money to uh, to hear out the entire argument, but all the prices are is required donations. Everything that we give is in some way a giving and a receiving yeah. within the, the cosmic gift economy that God created and yeah. set up. Yeah, you know? totally. And it's like yeah.
1: it's like within the combination of simony, it's very clear. You need to pay for the material support. So what, what I want to know is I want to see their, their numbers. How did you come up yeah. with 5,000? yeah so another maybe another way to make it clear to people Mm -hmm. is like there's a thing that happens in the church now in america where churches close because we're a faithless wicked generation so we close our churches um and then things go up for sale Mm -hmm. but they don't go up for sale because you're not allowed to sell anything out of the church anything that's been blessed okay so they go up for donation okay now this is where it gets weird because uh, presumably there is a actual um evaluatable cost to procuring to dismantling the church to restoring maybe the object to transporting to right mm-hmm. there's like labor that could be paid for mm-hmm. but there is no evidence of this being actually what is taken into consideration when prices are determined
0: mm-hmm. right
1: mm-hmm. it just seems like what we're really doing is a garage sale
0: yeah
1: and simply trying to get as much as we can for Various items within church, let's say. Yeah. But then we have this like theoretical gloss on it that says, well, these are all donations. Mm. It's like, come on, I know how this works. (laughs) When you forget to get a liquor permit for an event,
0: hypothetically,
1: hypothetically, and then you still want to sell beer, you put a sign that says $5 suggested donation, right? But if you're there saying it's a suggested donation and someone comes up to you and says, hi, I see that you're doing beer for a $5 suggested donation, I would like it for free instead. And you say no, then it's not a donation. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Like there's a there's a. We can just lie to ourselves, I think, and I think that I think we're very busy lying to ourselves about about what is and isn't simony.
0: Yeah, another side of that that kind of disturbs me a little bit. Now, now I'm thinking out loud. I might be wrong. So you can oh boy, I'm wrong as I'm thinking out loud. Freewheeling. But, um. A number of churches that have already closed and deinstalled their stained glass mm. are selling them indeed for the price of the cost of deinstallation. Okay, so all the labor, all the guys that had to come yep. up. And that's expensive. Yep. That's like, because it's, it's very, it's fragile. Yep. It needs proper caring yep. and scientific knowledge for yep. getting it safely out of its home and into a warehouse. Okay. But then they charge for something that's already been paid for. And that seems oh, a little bit mischievous as well, precisely because the point of that stained glass was to help people worship God. Mm-hmm. You, for whatever reason, close the church down. It's paid for. You've paid for the for the deinstallation. It's now sitting in a warehouse not serving its end. Yeah. It was built and blessed for the particular end of helping people worship God.
1: Yeah. Even such that when the medievals, at least in France,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when the sun would pass by and they would actually have the color of the stained glass on their bodies, they would cross themselves. They would consider it a blessing.
0: Wow. Cool? Oh, I love that. It's true. We should do that. Um, maybe you already do. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea of then withholding something that's already been paid for um, from from it. Serving its actual purpose seems devious at the very least. But what, There's something about but it. But what that, didn't you say? That,
1: I'm, I'm just yeah. Get pushed back because you are yeah, yeah. thinking on top. Yeah. on top of your head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Top of your head? I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't claim this. Well, would not they just say that? Well, it's a loss. Like we paid for it. Yes, mm-hmm. but out of out of I don't know funds that that we had that now we don't have because we paid for the so our could they make an yeah. argument that they're just recouping yeah,
0: probably recouping i bet they, probably there is a good response to this i don't but um i suppose it's more of a dispositional argument sure it's like why what are the dispositions if you are a diocese um that i mean you're, you're set up because jesus christ set you up like yeah. your point is to help people worship god and um if you do have those funds you still have a few million dollars in the bank and you like things are tight even with a few million dollars in the bank i understand how these things work but um at that point kind of the, it's almost um i would think maybe that the sacrifice it's almost a donation of for somebody else we did not do our job evangelizing and sustaining this church this parish this this particular area. Yeah. The best we could do now is is offer this off as alms yeah you know somebody else maybe something like that yeah. i'm not sure I, yeah yeah I'd have to think i don't know we'll we'll think
1: through yeah. we'll think through this more mm-hmm. but it does seem that there's a uh, th- at least the principle remains that the intention matters yeah right That's you right. can check all the boxes and have technically followed the law mm-hmm. and then die and then as the administer of the diocese or whoever you were, be accused as a simoniac by St. Peter, let's say, at the gates of heaven and have to make up some kind of response. there. <laughs> uh, and at that point, you know, you cannot point to simply the extrinsic letter of the law, right? You have to say, you'd have to just justify th- um, the actual price of things that like the actual price you put upon things that are not to be sold, mm-hmm. Um yeah, and that, and that does seem very tough. Now, one one thing that I think that this shows us mm-hmm. is that the... Um, we can talk about simony as just like affecting these sort of weird kind of dusty world of religious objects and, and um, sacramentals and things like this. Um, but actually, it seems to me that actually affects the whole world or it relates to the whole world uh, and the whole economy because how do I put it the it's like when the church is trying to avoid simony they're actually doing what we really should be doing all the time Um, so to give an example you know if you are running a grocery store then by justice all of your workers should be receiving a share of the profits Right, that you produce, and you should not be running that grocery store for the sake of amassing some kind of profit apart from labor, mm-hmm. apart from the, the recompense of labor. Right. Another way to say this is that that you know, profits should be shared with laborers because they actually produce the profits mm-hmm. in, in a primary way. Right. The church says this: there's a primacy of labor over capital. Right. Well. In dealing with the holy object, the church is constrained by her own law to make sure that the only profit they get is simply going back to the laborer, right? So you, you mentioned the yeah. stained glass window, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, uh, the the stained glass window is a gift. We mm-hmm. cannot sell a gift, mm-hmm. right? It's gratuitously given. It's for gratuitous ends. Mm-hmm. We have to be gratuitous with it, Yeah. right? But what can we do? We can compensate. We can pay mm-hmm those who dispense the gift. In the case of the stainless window, those who literally dispense it out of the (laughs) frame and bring it down. But isn't that a proper way to understand the vocation of the businessman within Catholicism, period? Which is namely that you don't exist to produce a profit with holy things, namely with labor, Mm -hmm. which is the means of sanctifying the earth, Mm -hmm. right? You, You don't exist to like squeeze money out of that for yourself? No, that's ridiculous. I mean, everyone <laughs> thinks that, but just because they think it doesn't make it true, yeah. right? You exist to dignify that labor, so to organize it into whatever uh, fruit that it produces. Um, part of that is supposed to go back. All of it actually is supposed to go back, distributed obviously to the laborer, yeah. right? Yep. So y- when you consider the labor as a uh, or the labor as a sort of holy object. Uh, you know labor almost as a holy object you can see the kind of maybe where I'm going with this like uh, anti-capitalist <laughs> anti-simony connection here which is that if if um, if it's true that you can't sell the holy object for a profit but rather what should guide you in having anything with money to do with that holy object is the material provision of the dispensers mm-hmm. that's the same attitude and reverence that we should look at the worker which is namely that, our object is not to make as much money out of you as possible, right? But to recompense you in your labor and so, and so dignify it mm-hmm. because well, the fruit of the world that the laborers work with is given to all, right? So it has, it has a gift quality already built into it. Now I get that there's differences here, right? It's, it's not the same thing. Um, because why? Because, uh, we tend to be making things for consumption, for instance. But it seems to me like a broader view of simony is, is going to help our 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 society as a whole, our economy as a whole. Maybe one other thing to put onto it. You're looking yeah, doubtful.
0: Sorry. No, yeah, I'm trying to think through it a little bit, but sorry, go for it. I mean,
1: like the church is just full of these interesting things. Things Like Aquinas says it it would be blasphemy for a ruler to rule over a Christian, a non-Christian ruler to rule over a Christian people. Right. So he indicates right there that there's like a certain holiness to the Christian people as such. Yes. But that seems to presume all sorts of things for how we we approach simony as well. Because Mm -hmm. if it's true that you can't make a sale, as it were, if it's true that you can't have a a political ruler, you know, over a non-Christian people because they're holy as Mm such… Why is it the case that you think you could make a sale on a Christian people? So what I mean is something like this. Like, you know, Christianity itself produces communities, right? It produces people who who are friends with each other, who are praying for each other, who have economies in Mm -hmm. common, Mm -hmm. um, who live a communal life. And that is treated very often in our country as something with extractable value. So the corporations look on this and they say, "Look, there's all these people living in this place. They're doing all of these, this you know, gift giving and trading, and they have all these festivals. Well, we can make money on that, right? So let's get a Chipotle in there. Let's get yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about Stu. These are my worries about Stu. Yeah,
0: that the Hardee's is going to come back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right,
1: so you can. Yeah,
0: I think that's a good point, and that kind of falls into the our critique of companies, which I guess we can talk about it at length at a different time. Yeah. but as soon as Your ownership of a company is in the same form as your ownership of a chair or a table, Right. you know, considering it an it. And it's refusing to recognize the reality of what the company is. Well, it's actually just people working together. Right. So it is, in a sense, like some form of servitude where you're you're owning a people's labor. Yeah. um, Instead of paying for it, you're owning it. Right, 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 right. When St. Thomas says that, the, the labor should be compensated as wages or, you know, St. Paul says, you don't work, you don't eat. That's the thing is that that's a very different idea because it's a constant, you know, remuneration for the work that one's done. There's yep. the owning of it. It's kind of like the King ruling over a Christian people. It's yep. it's a controlling over, um, a life. actually.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. So I think there's a lot of that's things that are simony like that. from MLMs to, uh, to corporations uh uh
0: sucking the excess wealth out of christian community um so this one's more we're inviting everybody to kind of like think alongside us of like what are we doing in our own lives that is is pushing out the relation the proper like gift yeah you know real friendship what's pushing that off yeah and um, isn't it marvelous that the
1: church has this world in which only gifts are allowed
0: so cool.
1: I mean, like we talk about this all the time. Like, how do we get to a gift economy? It's like, well, the church by law is <laughs> a gift economy. I mean, like you can only give these things, which doesn't. It's really fascinating because then it doesn't negate money. It just subordinates it, and then mm-hmm. money can only be used to uh, what, what's the word you buoy up? You always use. This I money. like that one. Yeah. The yeah. gift givers, right? But it can never buy the gifts because gifts have to remain gratuitous because they're gifts, mm-hmm. right? So the church in isn't just providing this like weird inner world where you know you got to make a donation to get the relic instead of just <laughs> buying a relic, it's teaching us something, right? It's teaching that where things are holy, only gifts are appropriate, yeah, right. Um, things that are freely given, right, cannot be bought and sold.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, it's it's actually protecting a part of the cosmos that is by its nature, it's like preserving it by its nature. It's beyond buying and selling mm-hmm. you, you see this sometimes in movies right where it's a very powerful moment and even a bad movie for someone to indicate some portion of himself that he will not sell right so maybe it's the rejection of a, an offer of lust maybe it's um yeah. some kind of like mob scene right where the guy's like do this everyone's got a price but then the just man even if he's a a, a vicious in many ways. If he stands firm, we can think mm-hmm. of him as a hero mm-hmm. because he has been put in contact with something that pr- it goes beyond all buying and selling. It's not exchangeable. Maybe right. it's his dignity. Maybe it's mm-hmm. his honor. Maybe it's his family. Maybe it's a friendship, a vow. right? Mm-hmm. But there's something holy there, something set apart from the everyday world of buying and selling. And so then he stands up and says, you can't buy me. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of an actual movie here. I don't have one, but I'm sure I've seen this many yeah. times. <laughs> And we love that guy. We think he's awesome because he has not only um, been a man, but he's also been a sign unto everyone else, a sign of a world of of a kingdom of heaven, really, where there are goods that uh, the only proper attitude toward is reverence and receptivity of the gift and where that is protected. So I think the church in her laws on Simon is actually – is actually demarcating um, a section of the world where it's just painfully, literally true. Like you get in big trouble if you sell it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna make a joke about like, now you're staying on a holy ground, so toss away your wallet, you know? And then I realized that actually, John Chrysostom didn't allow his congregants to come in the church with money. Really? Yeah, I said that once at a talk um, this past year, and the priest was like, yeah, I can't see that working out too well for us. You know, (laughs) it was funny. That's but awesome. uh yeah no i there's there's definitely this interconnection here Art yeah explicit, because i, I yeah you know, i think they you know safeguarding i really like that image of prayer yeah you know it is like in the same way trying to hold down the fort saying like what are all of our our desires that are trying to come into the sacred place right it's trying
1: it's not screwed up it's not <laughs> yeah and precisely for the sake of teaching us mm-hmm. about the the world as a whole right? Because Mm -hmm. if we think this about the Eucharist, why don't we think this about our friends? Yeah. Right. If we are, if we really think, oh, it's abhorrent, Mm -hmm. right. To sell like a blessed rosary. Yeah. Right. Then surely it's abhorrent to simply think of labor, right. As something that you can buy and sell as if it were a commodity. Mm -hmm. Like those things should go together in our minds. And the fact that we live in a society that has rejected Christianity means that we can make this divorce of things. So it's like, Rosaries are holy, I suppose, but we can pay someone
0: minimum wage, yeah, it's like Corbin, you know in the in the Gospels when Jesus is like, you know you you give to all these things, you know, Pharisees, but yet you don't take care of your of your parents, you right know? Right, like right right we have that same tendency of not yeah. bringing same you know wonderful things and treating rosaries as we ought, but not people you know, right, like right, right right refusing yeah. to change yeah. Our our organization, our management, and it's tough. I gotta say, you know, it's cutthroat in business, and so it's it's yeah. sometimes like you just have to like step off the edge and say, "All right, I'm gonna start paying a just wage now." God, I can't do it, but I'm gonna do it anyway, you yeah. know, and um, or whatever else it might be, you know, yeah. that the that the manager or owner is struggling with now.
1: Yeah, so, this
0: is cool. So I got Sam Simon, Mark. Okay. Yeah, you know, you can't buy. I'll
1: end with a uh, with the proverbs here. Wisdom is more precious than all riches, and all things that are desired are not to be compared with her. So, stop trying to buy wisdom. Stop trying to buy friendship, unless you're using money to make friends, of course. <laughs> um, and stop being Simoniacs. If your name's Simon,
0: change it to Peter. Yep. Just do it right now. Yeah. And uh, mass text message to all of your friends.
1: Yeah. And let us know anything uh, maybe in the comments or wherever you'd like, um, wherever you see in our world, the selling of holy things and the buying of holy things. Um, because I think it's a category, like, like we mentioned, larger than larger than we initially give it credit for. So mm-hmm. love to hear from you.
0: Thanks, guys. All right. Peace. Mm-hmm.